So heading into lockdown and quarantine, uh, there was all these trips that we had planned mm-hmm. that had to get canceled. Mm-hmm. I was actually supposed to fly to where she lives and then we were, I was supposed to stay over there mm-hmm. and see her, you know. Her life. Her life. And then that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Disappointing. And, then, and as, you know, COVID persisted, like all, all these other things didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then we talked less. Mm-hmm. She asked for more space. She like didn't want to. She was like, oh, I probably won't respond on weekends. Which I want to believe it, it's all in good faith, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what she needs. But then she would just always like, oh, I feel smothered. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so more space. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like we live thousands of miles away from each other. Mm-hmm. This is COVID. Like, like how, how much, much more... more space can you possibly get yeah. or give? When the living gets hard and the pain kicks in and you feel too trapped in your own damn skin, take a deep breath out and a deep breath in. Welcome to the good low. Hey, welcome back to Good Low with Bailey Norton. I'm Bailey Norton. Hi. I hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. Uh, If you didn't have a great Valentine's Day, boy, is this the episode for you. I'm super excited to introduce it. It's a really good one. Um, First, I want to say thank you for those of you who left a five-star review. Um, And for those who wrote a review, if you write a five-star review, um, I will read it on the podcast unless you ask me not to. But I have one to read really quick, so I'm going to get that out of the way. It's a really nice one. I don't mean to say I'm going to get that out of the way. It uh, makes my heart explode, but I'm, I have to play it cool. Okay. Um, this is from SDE136. Uh, it says, this is really well done. This podcast deals with serious issues, and in the hands of a lesser host, it could be a rather heavy way to spend an hour. What we get instead is Bailey's insightful and gentle approach to both the topics and her guests. There are moments of well-placed levity and joy befitting a comic with a refined sense of timing. Likewise, Bailey provides her guests with the space to tell the stories of their worst moments. These stories serve as a reminder that most people carry baggage that we can't see and to always begin with kindness. You will come away feeling hope rather than sadness. That is so nice. Thank you so much, SDE136. Thank you so much for leaving a review. It means a lot. It really helps me. Um... Please do the same if you feel so inclined, if you're liking this podcast. I really want as many people to listen to it as possible. So thank you again if you've listened and reviewed it um, or if just listening at all. Really, it's it's all helpful to me and I really appreciate you. Um, okay, so today's episode is the Valentine's Day episode and not in a like, I found my partner I'm living my happily ever after moment. It's more of a breakup episode, but the other side of a breakup, which is like sort of feeling better and stronger than you ever did before, which is, I think, always the case in a breakup. Um, And this is a really interesting perspective. This, my guest today is Jake Kroger, who is an LA comedy staple. He runs the Comedy Bureau. So if you've ever messaged me and asked uh, if I can recommend any open mics in LA, this is the website that I send you to. It's the comedybureau.com. But something really interesting about Jake is that Jake never had a kiss, never had sex, never had a relationship until his 30s. Um, And this was like not too long ago. He had his very first relationship and very first like kiss and, you know, more intimate encounters. Um, only a few years ago, and then subsequently his first breakup. 
Um, and that's what he's talking about today. And I just think it's so, it's such a unique perspective. It's so interesting to hear someone who is already developed as a, you know, as an adult going through these feelings that a lot of us go through like earlier in life. And so it's just a very, it's really interesting um, to hear him talk about it and definitely to hear, you know, how he got to the other side of it. This is a longer episode and honestly, it could be even longer. There was so much um, to go over a lot of like really potent feelings that Jake was exploring and I really appreciate him coming on and talking about it with me. Um, And I really hope you enjoy it. Um, Okay, I'm gonna let Jake take it away. Sometimes I get high, sometimes I get low Being young's a bitch, it's always getting old Life is real sweet, I'm learning how to grow When the living gets hard and the pain kicks in And you feel too trapped in your own damn skin Take a deep breath now and a deep breath yeah. Welcome to the good low Okay, mm-hmm. that should be good Hello Jake Hi Bailey How are you? How's your tea? How's my what? How's your tea? Have my you sipped it yet? My tea is great yeah? Yeah. I kind of wait for mine to cool off, I think. I'm a little scared. Oh, yeah? You you don't like having it like so hot that you just have to barely sip it? I've been burned before, mm-hmm. as they say very accurately about tea and mm-hmm. other things that we'll probably talk about today. Right. Um, You rode your bike over here. I did. It's been raining in LA. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, how's that? How's biking in the rain? Well, I did. I have biked in the rain. Yeah. And uh, it's not really ideal. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Right. I, I, and it's like, I did it, I've done it like three or four times just to see that I can do it, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I want to avoid it if possible. So, um, I drove my car through the rain, but, uh, in even worse in the not so distant. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean like on that torrential downpour, I think on last Monday, like a week ago, Mm -hmm. I lived all over the country. I haven't seen rain that hard before. It was really coming down. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I was, so I was like house sitting for my folks who live in LA County mm-hmm. and I was going back to their house or trying to. Mm-hmm. And uh, after like fording rivers to get to my car <laughs> and like when I got back on the freeway, I literally could not see a goddamn thing. And the I was visibility like, thing is terrifying. Yeah, and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I'll come back in the morning. I grew up in Missouri, and mm-hmm. it rains quite a bit there. Sure. And I remember on multiple occasions just hydroplaning on the way to school. Right. Like, everyone was. Everyone's, like, Jeeps were fishtailing on the way to, like, this rural Missouri shitty high school. Right. And that was just fine. That was just normal for everyone. Wow. Yeah, I know. So it's like, anytime it rains here, I have this propensity to be like, Everyone's such a fucking baby. And uh-huh. then I actually tried to drive here. I'm like, oh, no, this is dangerous. Right. <laughs> the city was not set up for rain whatsoever. Nope. I mean, nope. so many places have flooded. I mean, there's a lot of car accidents. Right. Rain bad here. I'll right. say it. Yeah. Well, the problem is it's like it's ba- it's like when it happens, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't happen like for a long, long time. And uh, everyone's like. Eh, we made it through, so yeah. whatever. We we just, like, will not fix any of the problems. Yeah. 
It's, I mean, no, the city of Los Angeles is not going to do anything about infrastructure anytime Mm. soon, unless it has to do with like the 2024 Olympics. (laughs) Right. But unless it would get you more votes than helping homeless people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If the LAPD gets to keep their budget, we'll put in a gutter. Right. It's like that. It's awful. Right. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. And you can answer it as honestly as you would like to. Okay, sure. Okay. How are you doing right now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am kind of all over the place. Yeah. I picked up my parents from the airport last night. Oh, how was that? <sighs> <laughs> Sounds bad. <laughs> it was like cordial, but I knew like some, um, you know, I don't know if there was any foreshadowing at like two minutes ago, but I... I am going to sell my car. Mm-hmm. I own my car. It's paid off. Mm-hmm. However, for whatever reason, my mom has the physical piece of paper that is the title. But the title is in your name. Correct. She just physically has the piece of paper. Somewhere hidden in her house. On and purpose hidden? It seems as though because I tried to find it and I couldn't. Interesting. Yeah, so that resulted in me having to, and I was like, uh, "This is this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. Yeah, this is going to be bad. Like we're yeah. having like a very matter of factly, very pleasant ish." So I mean, of- I, if you lose the t- if someone loses the title to their car, there's uh-huh. a way to get a new one, right? Yeah, there is. You go through the DMV. So at right. least we always have that. <laughs> we always have that. Yeah. So I, I was like, at, after like two hours of just kind of stalling, I was like, all right, mom, do you have the title of my car? Uh-huh. And then she's like, wait, why? Oh, what? You're going to sell your car? Oh, because you're broke. Like you don't have enough money. Like this is the stupid. She just went off. Oh, weird. She like, she like hoarded ammunition to fight you. Right. It was like <laughs> zero to 100 immediately, which is yeah. not surprising. Yeah. From what I've heard about your parents that can be yeah that's sort of par for the course maybe your mom specifically right um yeah yeah and so i mean what's strange is like so i'm currently 35 Mm -hmm. and she's like well you're not going to sell your car i'm like well i don't need you to give me the title when i think of uh an adult man if i if i were to just pull an age out if someone said the words adult man Mm -hmm. My brain goes like, okay, that's a 35-year-old man. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. That's a 35-year-old man who yeah. doesn't really like need advice from, right. I don't know. Well, well, that's really frustrating. I'm sorry. It, it is. And then, yeah, I thought we were going to do another cycle of like where I don't talk to her until <laughs> she just kind of like maybe apologizes. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I like, well, I don't, I don't need... This I don't want to be communicated with like this. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, she called me and just like before I came here, and was like, "All right, well, so you sell your car to me then." <laughs> and I'm like, "What? I know. It, what a curveball. <laughs> what? I know. Why? Um, her reasoning was that she'd rather." I sell it to her than some random party, but the random party was going to be um, Mazda. The dealership? <laughs> yeah. Oh, those randos. <laughs> yeah. That rando 
company that makes cars and <laughs> distributes them internationally. Wait, so what if she just gave you the amount of money for your car and you keep your car? Yeah, I see. This is what's confusing. Why I'm, all, I'm like, I was like mad mm-hmm. and just kind of like, <sighs> yeah. Why can't you just like break up with your family and not feel like a bad person? Oh. I am just letting that line sink in for a second. <laughs> yeah, you really can't break up with your family too good, can you? It's like mm-hmm. it's really hard. It yeah. seems really hard. I'm I'm very fortunate in that mm-hmm. I have a family that I don't want to break up with, sure. but like I have a lot of friends who have uh parents who have like some pretty severe like mental illnesses right. that make a relationship with them sort of impossible. Mm-hmm. And it just seems really hard to actually sever those ties. Right. You know? It is. And yeah, I mean, that's what's, it, it would, we've talked about this. It would be so much easier if they were just like 100% like red-eyed, evil, like pieces of shit. Totally, but it's never that simple. No. <laughs> like, no, it's not. It's really not. I, I think about this all the time. Like, people are sort of the heroes of their own stories. Oh, sure. No one wants to be the villain. Even people no. who fancy themselves as a villain think they're the main character still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and in that, yeah, everyone is just complex. And, like, there's so many sides to one mm. thing. Like, and one thing can look completely the opposite to do two different people. Right. Um, And I guess that kind of brings <laughs> me into, like... The idea behind why I want to make this podcast. What would that be, Bailey? (sighs) (laughs) It's so funny. I feel like I'm recording these episodes before I've like officially come out with a title or any of like really important stuff that I need. But like the idea is really clear to me. Here's a way I can explain it. Mm -hmm. This morning, um, I made myself some hash browns and basted eggs. Cool. And I don't think I've ever made eggs worse than I did this morning. Like, Ooh, please, in detail, describe. I think I actually <laughs> fucked up every single step. Um, well, now, what type of eggs don't. were you trying to make? Basted eggs. They're my favorite kind of right. eggs. Uh-huh. Do you know what a basted egg is? No. Okay, so it's like you put a little bit of butter in the pan, and then you crack the eggs, and then mm. you put a little bit of water in the pan, and you put a lid over it. So mm. the yolks are really runny, right. and they're sort of just like really, they're not like, there's no crispy um, edges anywhere. It's just like a really soft, over easy egg, kind of. Oh, that reminds me of, uh, oh, what's this dish called? Shashuka. Yeah, it's yeah. those, so really similar to those eggs. Yeah. Um, I... It was as if I've never even seen an egg before is sure. how I made these. Like right. I, I cracked them. I can't even explain the amount of shell that got in there. Uh-huh. The eggs, uh, the yolks like immediately broke. Um, uh-huh. Like truly I'm trying to like scrape out shell. I'm burning myself as I'm right. like scraping it out. I made these hundreds of times. I right. don't know what happened. Both, right. And I made two of them. Both of them got equally fucked up in the same ways. Right. And I was like so frustrated. Right. And then I sort of just like tried to salvage it. And in doing that, I somehow made... They were really good. Mm-hmm. They were really good. And I think it's because I like had to sort of refocus mm-hmm. um, what I was doing and like pay a little more attention to them. Mm-hmm. And I say that because the spirit of this, I think, is like... I think maybe I'm going to call it good low. Mm -hmm. So a fuck up or a moment that Mm -hmm. felt uh, completely 
unfixable maybe at the time. Sure. Um, that ended up being kind of a good situation later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or right. something that you learn something or you learn something about yourself and mm. it's like a moment that you're like, oh, actually, I think I'm a more evolved person because of this like right. this fuck up that happened. My I mean, that, good. that would be the hope. Yeah, that would be the hope. Yeah. I have people come on and talk about the worst thing that's ever happened in their life that's continuing to be the worst thing. I mean, that wouldn't be bad either. I just think, yeah. So I hope that's like sort of an illustration. Sure. Um, And sort of off of that, I would (laughs) love to talk to you about Uh the thing we're going to talk about today. Do you want to? Oh, yeah. What's that? Okay. <laughs> well, let me introduce you first. My yeah, guest today absolutely. is Jake Kroger. He is the founder of the Comedy Bureau. If you've ever reached out to me and been like, hey, I want to try comedy. Where should I start? Um, this is the website that I always send you. It's the Comedy Bureau. And Jake made it. He like curates all of the best shows and mics in Los Angeles and New York. And do you do any other cities yet? Are you doing Chicago? Not not yet, because I haven't learned how to sleep less. (laughs) He's very busy doing this. He's also a very funny comedian and a wonderful person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I uh, really adore you. And um, today I, I asked Jake to talk about... Uh, something pretty massive that he went through over the last couple of years. Yeah. Which is, uh, I hope you don't mind me like sort of teeing this up, but sure. like one of the first things that I ever, and I think most people who have ever seen your comedy like know about you uh-huh. or like one of the themes that you talk about or uh-huh. used to talk about very consistently in your comedy uh-huh. was never having been kissed. Sure. Um, never <laughs> having had sex. Yeah. And never having had like a relationship, like none of those things, mm-hmm. which is like, very unique you're a good looking man you're like nice you're smart you're charming and so it's really like i think every it's people are like wait what right ever right and so um and like knowing you better and knowing like how picky you are (laughs) oh that's my problem saying it's your problem i'm uh-huh. saying now that i know you better like that kind of makes sense sure um a little more than what it did previously mm. without like that context but right. um the thing i want to talk to you about is the relationship that you had yeah like, you, that because those all those things have changed at this point yeah and you... all, all those things are factually now not true <laughs> yeah they're not yeah, yeah. so uh, I mean, where's the best place to start here? Well, uh, where where would the be the best? I mean, so if this is like if you're ostensibly potentially calling it a good low, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think it 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 would behoove me to tell me how high I was before it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So as Bailey uh, teed up. Yeah, I I I was like 32 and I had just at that point still hadn't dated anybody, hadn't had sex. I just kissed somebody for the first time at 32. Yeah, and it was because I was telling a friend that I had never <laughs> kissed somebody and then a friend of theirs overheard that and they were like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. And I was like yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just that's that's me. Mm-hmm. And she, and I and she said, uh, "Well, shit, I'll make out with you." <laughs> and I thought she was kidding. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, so I just talked for five minutes until she grabbed me. He's like, oh, are we going to make out or what? And then we just kissed, but it was very nice. It felt like it felt like a, like a perfect wedding kiss. Okay. We did not make out. So no tongue, just sort of a sweet little peck. I think a, 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 an embrace. A, like it, an, it wasn't like okay. a peck. Like we held it for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. How did you feel? It felt great. Yeah. It felt it felt uh it felt really really good and I mean it felt electric you know. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And because uh, whenever you're touching and bonding with another human person, that mm. releases oxytocin in your brain which Mm. is a very powerful drug yes and the reason we all like like touching and kissing and hugging each other all the time like Mm -hmm. and not having experienced that until the age of 32 like i'm sure that was a huge rush sure you know yeah it was a huge rush okay so keep going what happened after the kiss yeah she she was like uh all right well give me your number and we'll make out with tongue or whatever next time Wow. Yeah. And then she just like went to talk to her friends and I guess giggle about what she just did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want, I like tried to like invite her to stuff and like hang out mm-hmm. and none of that materialized to anything. And I'm pretty sure she is now uh, out spreading the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. Well. Yeah. Great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. I mean, you know, I, I maybe that's a, a little akin to the spirit of like, well, you know, did you really want to end up going down that road? <laughs> I don't think you did. No. Personally, knowing you. No. No. Um, okay. Oh yeah. For the listeners, I would. I, I'll. I'll relate my quote unquote beliefs as such. Like, if there is a thing up there that's mm-hmm. like running stuff. I think that they uh, they saw what they did and they're like, oh, damn. <laughs> and they just put a like, we'll return at an hour and they're just not coming back. God has abandoned us. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Okay. So your first kiss ran off to be with the Lord. Yeah. And, yeah. and then what? And then what happened? And then, uh, you know, kind of nothing. Um, and I, you know, I... So I think like to step back a few years, I mean, I think in high school and college, Mm -hmm. there's there's this like pressure as like a straight dude Mm -hmm. guy to like hook up, to get a girlfriend that like part of your worth as a man comes from that. And if you Mm -hmm. don't have that or you don't engage in that, um, even if you're gay, you're like, oh, you're not like fucking or having. Like, oh yeah, the, yeah, the like kind you, of person you can score and right. what that says about you. Right, yeah. you're thought of as less or like that's like the perception, mm-hmm. and I that like gave me a lot of insecurity. And then after college, when I had not done any of that, I like just didn't end up with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was like there were there seemed to be a like, um less pressure about it like I was living my own life and I'm like oh wait so I, I'm not stuck around a bunch of horny like you know co-eds mm-hmm. so like I don't have to give a shit about this mm-hmm. like great so I just wasn't doing any of that or caring about it, any of that or focusing mm-hmm. on any of that uh, just going out and doing comedy 
uh, running the comedy bureau, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I was, after that kiss, I was just like back, you know, doing my thing. Yeah. And then uh, Nicole Byer has one of several podcasts, which is called Why Won't You Date Me? And I happen to be friends with the producer. Mm Mm-hmm. Who I run into shows every once in a while when she's like in town, and uh, I was like telling her my like dating foibles or whatever, uh-huh. and she's like, you know, that might be like, you know, you might be like a good guess for kind of the reason that Bailey described that like I don't if you just read the, the like oh this guy's like thirty two and hasn't had sex like incel, but then like when you see yeah, me yeah but like, you're not yeah I'm not and it's yeah. You're totally a conundrum, and I lis- I listened to that episode. Yeah, right. Because um, I love that podcast, mm-hmm. and I think Nicole Byer is really great, and mm-hmm. I think talking about relationships is really interesting. And I, when I saw your name, I was like, oh my god, that's my friend Jake, and right. I remember listening to it. Right. And you are like a re- that is really fascinating. Like you don't fit into any of the categories where like thirty two year old man would never have had like a sexual experience before. You right. know what I mean? Like right. yeah, you're not an incel and you're not like gay and no. you're not. I mean, not you know you. If you were gay, it would be the same thing. Like right. why haven't why hasn't this man had a sexual experience? Right, um, right. Yeah, it's just really fascinating. Yeah, and you know there's. Part of that conundrum is like internally, you're like, is something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And uh, n- no, it's just that I uh, have a much lower sex drive than a lot of people to the point where, you know, um, I came across the term demisexual, which is like under the umbrella of asexuality, the A in the LGBTQIA mm-hmm. acronym, which is weird because asexual is like, no sexual expression or connection. Yeah. And now it's like under the queer umbrella. Yeah. And it's like, all right, sh- sure. I feel like <laughs> all the other letters go through way more. But... <laughs> sure. But I I mean, it, what is frustrating is old people are like, but why does that have to be a separate thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you, I, I, I just, I gotta be deeply in love with the person. This is not like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and so... Yeah, that felt very like, okay, that's my speed, you know? Uh, yeah, you resonated with that. It really it really resonated with me. And I was like fine with just kind of subconsciously waiting for that. Mm-hmm. Like I would be at parties and I would see someone attractive. I mean, I'm human. I, there's like preferences that I have. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if I thought they were really attractive and I ended up talking to them and they ended up sounding stupid or mm-hmm. had bad taste in music, I'd be like, oh, great. That would ruin it for you. No, it, it would ruin it, but also it would be like, great. I don't have to obsess about this person. Oh, it was a relief. Yeah, it was a relief. Interesting. Like, otherwise it would just be like, oh no, I want to like, you know, I, I do have a very active imagination <laughs> and that's a thing that I'm, I have to like act like intentionally check sure yeah um you mean like romantic like you like romantic fantasies or, yeah yeah I mean, yeah i mean this is a constant argument i have i think with the world where <laughs> i feel like dating apps are so transactional they take mm-hmm. all the magic out of it and if that is the only 
like sort of angle to date these days than like no <laughs> i don't want to do it i like i happen to agree with you right. on that actually i think a lot of people would agree with you on that i right. think most people i never heard anyone say how much they love the dating apps mm-hmm. but i think that they are such a convenient way to right. like put potential like mates in mm-hmm. a catalog right and so i get i get the convenience of it but yeah there is no magic and mm-hmm. at least like Theoretically, there is no magic. If you meet up with someone, maybe there could be. And right. in my experience, mm-hmm. there's never been any magic. No. In fact, I, I talked about this with my therapist just like yesterday mm-hmm. uh, that I feel like doing dating apps is like a punishment. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, like, and I almost view it as a failure, like in my head, subconsciously or unconsciously, I'm like framing it as, I've like nobody wanted me, so I have to go do this. Sure. Yeah. I can, I can totally see how it would feel that way, and I think especially for men, I right. think it feels that way. Like sure, because I've seen the way that like women swipe on dating apps, mm-hmm. and it's very like selective. Like oh, I don't necessarily like this person. This person mm-hmm. I do like, and then right. I've seen the way that a lot of men right. swipe on dating apps, which I actually now that I'm saying it. I can't imagine you doing this, but a lot of men are just like, yes, 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 yes. And they treat it like a numbers game and whoever pops up, like that's who they'll look at. But I can imagine you looking at a dating app and being like, no, 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 no. And then that also like, that shallows the pool even Mm. further. You know what I mean? That's already like tough numbers game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I can totally see that. Okay, let's go back to, so you're on Nicole Byers' podcast. Yeah, I was on Nicole Byers' podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had this idea that if I came off even fractionally charming, (laughs) that, because it's a big podcast. Yeah. That, you know, maybe I get hit up. Yeah. And uh, I did mention on the podcast that I hadn't had sex. Mm -hmm. I am like looking for a partner and for like a monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a high sex drive. And these are all things where I explained to Nicole, like when I I was asked, would you date me? And I'm like. You said no, right? I said no. And I gave her really great reasons. It's just like fair. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because she has an extremely high sex drive, mm-hmm. and mine is almost non-existent. A classically incompatible match. Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> an odd couple that would not go to series. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. like, I mean, and also, like, if... I can see you two having compatibility compatibilities in different ways. Like, you're both comedians. Right, and you, right. You know, you both probably know a lot of the same people and probably like a lot of the same things. Right. Um, but that is a pretty foundational thing that will blow up a relationship. Sure. So, like, yeah, it clearly wouldn't work. No. Um, okay, so so you do this podcast, yeah. your episode comes out. The episode comes out. First, like, I think three or four people that DM me are all gay dudes who are like, I know you said you're into women, but you're really cute. Uh-huh. And it's like, man, dudes are still dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I did get a lot of DMs. And... Uh, you know, it, they were all very sweet and nice. Um, I, that was at a point in time on my Instagram where I posted a lot of pics of my different outfits because I'm wearing the same outfit still, probably like 13, 14 years. Oh my God. So another really, really crucial thing to know about Jake Kroger 
is that he is the most well-dressed person in Los Angeles, I would say. Like, your sense of style is so unique to you. Oh, thank you, Bailey. And it's great. Like, you have a great sense of style. And I don't mean this as, like, a dig. I can totally understand why gay men probably hit on you a lot. Because (laughs) it's, um, you don't, I don't know how to, like, right now, Jake is wearing a bolo tie and a red velvet blazer and like and he looks great but Mm -hmm. it's almost like a a flamboyant like sense of style like Mm -hmm. it's very i can understand why people also might not think you're straight because you dress too well (laughs) you know what i mean like you're it's too creative like i don't know you're just a conundrum in a lot of ways right so um but yeah i've never seen jake wear the same thing twice Mm. um I've seen his closet. He has like he like collects clothes and shoes, right. shoes and canes and hats. Like, uh-huh. like you really like this is such a huge part of your personality mm-hmm. and like who you are. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, I can imagine it being confusing to people or like a deterrent mm-hmm. to some people or an attraction or a, 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 a you know it, it could attract the wrong people too. Sure. Yeah, because it's very loud it's loud yeah and i think you know perhaps i wonder what you think about this i feel like some women who have perhaps a similar sort of style to me Mm -hmm. that are looking to date a guy i wonder if they they don't want somebody who's like their equal they would like to dress their guy up for like to be a little to be a little less interesting Um, yeah, maybe it's like that thing where, uh, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I like to feel needed by my partner in certain Mm -hmm. ways. And I like to, uh, you know, like extend whatever I'm good at to them in order to make their life better. Mm -hmm. And so maybe like a woman who has a really great sense of style would like that to be something that she shares with and like betters in her partner. But if you're already there and probably better than what she is doing, Uh um, yeah, I could see that being like, oh, I don't even know how to deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. You know? So this is an important thing I said on the uh, Nicole Byers podcast that I... Wanted a partner who uh, we we would coordinate outfits. Yeah, and that's still true. Yeah, and uh, also this is still true that I want somebody who inspires me as much as I inspire them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, I told to a very funny comedian named Cindy Washington, and she's like, <laughs> "That is so gay." <laughs> <laughs> which I take as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as you should. <laughs> yeah, and so, anyways, the, I am sorting through these DMs, and uh, I get one from uh, this private account uh, that you know there there are some girls who really like the idea of uh, in their like profile pic or avatar putting the phone over their face or like you could just see their hair. They're like obscure their face in some way. You oh. Know. Yeah. Oh, oh, I okay. Like if they're taking an iPhone picture in the yeah. mirror, the phone covers their face. Yeah. So you can see their hair and like their outfit and that's it. Right, right, right. Okay. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And so it was like I I this person seems to like have some style. Mm-hmm. But I don't what what's going on? So I they messaged me a lovely message that I think was like 
Um, oh, you sound so lovely. Just listen to the app, and uh, I I love that you have like, you know, eighty pairs of shoes. I think that's how many I had at the time, mm-hmm. and I have over a hundred now. Uh, <laughs> and like. I would love to coordinate outfits with you. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Signed, Wacky Hair Colors. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. I like people, because I'm such a curious conundrum, I've been set up on like matchmaking services like pro bono because they're like, like, this doesn't make sense, Jake. Yeah. And if you sign up for those things, they will ask you some basic ass questions like blonde or brunette. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm approached with that question, I go like, well, can blue be an answer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just truly don't fit into any of the boxes. No. All right, so wacky hair colors. Yeah, she signed off wacky hair colors. And okay. I'm like, all right, let's hit follow. Let's see what this girl's about. Yeah. She was very cute, an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she seemed to have some, like, weirdo retro style like me. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we started messaging back and forth, uh, and it was it was like like very nice, and I think we we're um, just kind of hitting it off immediately. I think we we're like talking about uh, Joker the movie <laughs> and how she's like almost embarrassed that she liked it. Oh, I I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I had that reaction too. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is like. It's it's not it's almost not a comic book movie. I feel like it's a movie that's yeah. like very anti Reagan. Totally, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the lens I saw it through, <laughs> and we we bonded over that. And then yeah, I mean it, it was just like we were trading these big paragraphs on in DMs on Instagram, mm-hmm. and so I was like, and it, it was it was it was going really well, and I was like, uh, hey, uh, can I get your number? Mm-hmm. And she. She said, uh, okay, I'm going to give you my number, but just so you know, uh, I was thinking about this and I think in my heart of hearts, I don't know that we would work out Mm. because I have a very high sex drive Mm. and you know, you don't, and I'm ethically non-monogamous and I was like, Hey, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think we have like a connection. And I mean, this has been my stance for a long time. And it's ostensibly why I have a lot of female friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm like, I would rather just have continue just being friends because I, I like talking to you. Okay. So you were like, okay, well, maybe it won't be yeah. what I want it to be. Right. But that's okay. I'll yeah, be your I've, friend. Yeah, I found a person who doesn't suck in the world. Why would sure. I want to throw that away? Because I can't bone, you know? <laughs> sure. A thing right. that you, like, aren't famously aren't that interested in anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, she gave me her number. We started texting. And then a strange thing happened where the frequency of the texting became more than, like, the DMs. And I would, like wake up to like a giant paragraph every morning oh that's really nice and then as much as much as she like protested like oh i don't i never have like time for facetime we facetimed a lot and there was phone it was like it was almost non-stop mm-hmm. 
And it, like, ramped up really quick over, like, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, we were making playlists for each other. Mm. Sending each other gifts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I'm, I, though only, I'm not really having dated anybody. I'm not a fool. I'm like, this, I have good friends. This is not. Yeah, this feels different. This is not friendly. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I uh, kind of played a card one day on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. I, uh, when we were talking, when we would be talking, sometimes she would, like, want to jump in and insert herself in in some point, in, in like, when we were chatting. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, in the middle of saying something. So she'd, like, interrupt, and then she would stop and be like, oh, no, tell me. And, you know, uh, not to unpack all of what is there for that, but I really don't think I have gotten to be heard like that mm-hmm. from, like, somebody I'm romantically interested in. Sure. So that I really just loved hearing, like, tell me. Yeah. And so I one day on FaceTime told her, like, I just love the way you say tell me. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and that kind of like, I don't think she could keep the facade up anymore. Yeah. Because she, it, it, cause she like, um, was like, all right, I still really like you. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, I had not stopped liking her either you know sure but i was gonna be like hey you know those those that ship has sailed so that's fine but Mm -hmm. apparently not Mm -hmm. so uh then i mean you know we start having like phone sex Mm -hmm. what was that like for you who's never had like at that point had never had like sex before right i mean because i was like deeply connected to this person who was exhilarating yeah I was like, God, I would do it in my car. <laughs> I would have phone sex with her. Uh huh. <laughs> I would be at a show. I'd be like, I'd pull up to a show I was going to go to. Uh huh. And she'd be like, Hey, what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I guess this. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I would just like not go to comedy. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I know what all these people are going to do. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Keep in mind, this whole time, she uh, lives across the country. Right. Like, yeah. truly as far away from you, probably, as possible. Right. Uh, within the continental United States. Yeah. Yeah. So, I... Uh, I mean, I'm keeping that in mind. But, I mean, God, this feels so magical. I feel like there are all these boxes that she checks that I, I'm like, you know... This almost, I mean, for as much as I wanted, like, a movie romance, Mm -hmm. like, this is it. Yeah. You know? It happened in such a magical way. Somehow, there's a girl who, like, has very good taste in music, hates astrology, (laughs) doesn't want to have kids. Yeah. And that was like, oh, my God. I think our second FaceTime, oh, God, this is, like, cute, like, couple shit. (laughs) We shared a Google Doc of talking points. That's, oh, I love that. That's so sweet. Yeah, like, oh, let's not forget about that. And we could just both update it. And she, I mean, that's another compatibility. Like, you're both clearly organized and need to be heard in certain ways. And right, you don't right, right. Leave, like, anything unsaid or, yeah. Yeah, that's, 
I love <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I so, can see why that's like very enticing to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably to her as yeah, well. Right. So mysteriously, uh, kids question mark showed up on that doc. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh God. Like she wrote that down? Yeah, she wrote that down. And I was <laughs> like, okay, I guess we're going to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, and we both didn't want kids, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. And, uh, you know, she, I mean, the whole time has maintained her non-monogamy. And I, and as much as I wanted like a partner in a more objective sense, it's like I had one. Yeah. So like, whatever, Do you, whatever I, you want to be happy, I want to make happen. Yeah. So like, you want to sleep with other people? Great. That has nothing to do with me. Damn. That's yeah. Also different. That's like a. Yeah. I mean, arguably covered in red flags. Like, what? Why? This, Jake, Jake, come on. This is not what you wanted. This is like. Oh well, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're describing like you want this like old Hollywood feeling like mo- like movie romance, right. someone being like, and I fuck other people doesn't fit into that like category. No. Though I think it's cool that you like didn't have. I, th- I think it's cool that she, first of all, like, set it up front and that right. you got to decide if you were okay with that or not. And that right. you were. Like, I right. I actually don't see that as super covered in red flags. Right. Well, what felt great and what made me sort of feel, I mean, not only okay with it, but, like, I was like, you know, I'm very much in love with this person. Is like, all right, so she's, like, maintaining her non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she kept she just keeps picking me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. there's like she spent so much time talking to me and doing all the things and we hadn't even met up i'm like i don't think you have other time for people <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You, that's a so, great point you kept feeling like chosen yeah which is really big for me mm-hmm. so anyways to sort of speed all this up um she uh Flew the first time we met, she flew out to see me Christmas night 2019. Christmas night? Christmas night. Damn. Yeah. I picked her up at LAX at two in the morning. We went to Swingers, that was the only thing open. And we (laughs) shared a basket of fries, just giggling at the excitement of the possibility of everything. Yeah. So you're like meeting her in person. This is like huge. And it's Christmas. Yeah. Like ultra magical. Yeah. Movie moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It was it was really, really great. And so I uh yeah, I I we spend essentially the entire weekend together and the amount of things that people do as first in like dating and sex and relationships and mm-hmm. stuff. I think like probably takes anywhere from like 10 to 15 years when you think about like your first kiss. Sure. The first time you've had sex. The first time you've like met someone's mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, or um, have a kooky idea or like go on a weekend trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that was packed into like 52 hours. Oh my God. Did she meet your mom? No, I met hers. You met her mom? Yeah, I met her mom after I fingered her in my car. (laughs) (laughs) 
Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so very expedited everything. I think another thing that people should know about me is that when I go into something new, I don't like going on easy. <laughs> yeah. I like going full hog for what are like, what's yeah. the hardest thing? Let's do that Yeah, first. jump in the deep end. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you have this magical Christmas weekend. Yeah. And she, as much as she policed me saying, I love you, she's like, no, don't. Did you try to say it and she I, stopped you? Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, you can sense. But I was like, hey, I want to tell you something. And she's yeah. like, no, you barely. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of weird, fun That is weird. That moments. really strikes me as weird. I mean, the, before the first time we, like, kissed in person, I was in her, uh, it was after our, our first day together, and we were, like, uh, we're, I was in my car about to drive her back to her hotel, and she's like, hey, I, I want to, like, talk to you. Um, I, what, what do you, what do you want out of this? And I was like, I, I want, I want, like, somebody who's, as you know, I said all the things. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. It's been so wonderful getting to know you. You're such a lovely person. But I don't know if I can give that to you. And I'm really afraid that, like, when I get on that plane, um, I'm going to, like, break your heart. Mm. You know? And and I... (sighs) I said, why don't we just stay present and have no expectations about this. And then we were like quiet for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and then I, I don't know what came over me. But I was like, can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. And she like grabbed me and we made out. <laughs> that was the first time we made out. Oh. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was truly amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she even had like a little speech at the end. I was dropping her off at the airport. Mm-hmm. What was and, her speech? Huh? What was her speech? So, you know, we were rushing to get to her plane on time. And we made it in time, but there was just enough traffic in the sort of terminals where she had time to be like, oh my God, I, you know, I thought you were a wonderful person, but I mean, this has been a whole nother level. I can't believe how great you are. And uh, I, okay, Jake, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this once, because if I don't tell you this, and I get on that plane, my heart's gonna explode. Mm. And then she like does a turn, like she's like running for audition or something. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Jake, I love you. Uh. Yeah. The thing she's been telling you not to say the whole time that you wanted to say from this person who's yeah. like giving you all these feelings like that had to have been like, you know, when you like hit a hammer on the thing at the carnival and it just hits the top and like that mm. had to have been so intense. Yeah. And so gratifying and like. Absolutely. Flying. Yeah. I think it also and another first, I think it was the first time I cried tears of joy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's so elated and ecstatic and happy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was it was amazing. Yeah. And like from there, we were like, I mean, so she lives across the country and we tried to 
plan to meet up somewhere in the country mm-hmm. uh, once a month. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so romantic. Yeah. And I also found it funny, like, our first day, like, hanging out or being together, she kept saying, like, this is just, like, back home. I don't need to, like, move to L.A. Like, so she was thinking about it. Yeah. Like, this guy's really great. Yeah. You know? And she would only tell me after the fact. I never had a conversation about, like, hey, or what are, what are we, you know? Mm-hmm. But I would later find out after, like, things were sort of, like, getting weirder that she, like, thought of me as her boyfriend. Sure. Well, I mean, was, duh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to say, like, all of this so far has seemed mm-hmm. like a high. <laughs> like, all of it has. It's super high. Um, I'm starting to use the word happy, which I have a very weird relationship with, and sure. I use it as a very top shelf word. Mm-hmm. I almost never use it to describe mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a problem. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I uh, we we have like a, a weekend getaway right before Valentine's Day, 2020, mm-hmm. and. Uh, because I hate Valentine's Day and she wanted to change my mind about it. Mm-hmm. How lovely. That weekend ended up being 50% amazing, 50% super weird. What happened? Well, um, her brother, who lives in the same city she does and never goes and visits their mom, just happens to do so on this trip. And like it causes a bunch of rifts and she's upset. And then there's a bunch of just disconnects in terms of like like you know i drop her off at a place and i try to find parking Mm -hmm. and then i have to go far away and then we like miss each other and then we're late to another thing and um there was a lot of that and uh just sort of like things outside of your control not syncing up yeah i feel like when that happens something in my brain goes oh something's not right sure you know what I mean? Right, Even right. if it's like a scheduling issue or like a technology issue. Right. I always like feel, I don't know what this is. I'm sure you felt it too in this moment, but it's mm. like, oh, something isn't working right now. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It feels it, sort of scary. Yeah. And I'm I'm like anxious while mm-hmm. also like, I mean, she's there and we're, she's showing me around like because she used to live there and, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I... There's an unmistakable sort of like cloud of like, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Which gets exacerbated by the fact that like um, on our final day, uh, yeah, she gets like mad for like it taking forever to find each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, she, I'm like driving to the airport and she has this whole other speech about like, you know... It's been a weird weekend. I feel like I'm in a relationship and I didn't want to be in a relationship, but that's mm-hmm. not your fault. Mm-hmm. And then like, it's the antithesis of that last airport drop off where like I had to park in a red zone and I, the guy yelled at us. So like, you got to move. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, I, and she's like, she just pecked me goodbye and like, oh, just call me after I get through security. Just sort of fell flat. Yeah. And I, I drove, I, this was San Francisco. I drove home immediately after that to LA Mm -hmm. and like so I waited like 30 minutes and I called her and it was like a really heart-wrenching call over like 
trying to feel okay about a really weird thing that happened Mm -hmm. and not getting a lot of just, you know, validation validation and yeah, I mean, and I understand, I mean, her feelings are valid, of course, even though she's terrible at communicating them. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think this was like sort of foreshadowing for a a lot of the sort of patterns that would happen coming up where Mm -hmm. um, things would go back to feeling great and okay, but undefined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's anxiety inducing, I think, when you don't know where you stand with someone else, but you have a lot of really big feelings. Yeah. And I want to, you know, of course, like this person I love so much who does love me, like I just want to make them happy and do whatever they need. But if what they need is sort of healing from their own trauma, Mm -hmm. going forward in their mental health journey, Mm -hmm. um, that is not a thing that you can help somebody with. It's really not. And that's a really fucking hard thing to learn. That you have no control over another person, really. Like, Mm -hmm. or, you know, they're their mental health, like their yeah. general well-being, their behavior, right. their thought patterns, like yeah, those right. are just things that you kind of like have to meet them where they're at. Right. Um okay, so yeah, I'm I'm I took like a long time. I'm so sorry. No, no, please. It's fine. Right. So like all right, all of this magic has happened. You right. can't believe how good it is. It's mm-hmm. too good to be true. Right. And then it's too good to be true. It ends up being too good to be true. And then, like, I guess neither of us want to admit that mm-hmm. in our different ways. She was feeling confused about what she wanted out of, I don't even want to say relationship because the no, last time. No, I think that's a fair word to use. Yeah, yeah. Well, she the last time that I talked to her, fucking two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, she identified as a relationship anarchist, which if the... If my eyes were only could make a sound, it would be so deafening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, it, it was, she, there was like a call, I think like two weeks after that, that like pre-Valentine's Day getaway mm-hmm. where she's like, I don't want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, that like hit me real hard, but was really confusing is that nothing changed. Mm. Okay, so she's putting up a boundary and then crossing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, we still talked all the time. You said, I love you all the time? Yeah. And she would say it back. And then I, I'm sure she felt bad. Because, mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, that was the thing, is that she, that she knew that this was my first relationship, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So that was what was in her head. There was a projected fear about hurting me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she didn't know what to do. Instead of, you know, what you should do is have a conversation. Yeah. You know, if this person really loves you, they will not, they will l- let you speak. Ooh, yeah. Write that down. Tattoo mm-hmm. that on your body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, while certainly I, like, cried from that, like, I, it's not like I lashed out or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is living under this pressure of, like, Wanting, not wanting to be in a thing, mm-hmm. but also like, you know, I, I, she, I mean, I'm very sweet and she does feel loved and, mm-hmm. um, 
I think there was a lot of confusion on her end with how that made her feel and what she wanted out of that. Mm -hmm. And so she would ask for space and I would give her space. And here's the thing about space, guys. You really gotta, you really gotta like define it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if the thing is you, you actually want space, if you want to break up with somebody, figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because what happened was this is that like she would ask for space because she would feel smothered Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to admit this. Oh, like, you know, okay, this feels like weird and this feels like we're on a descent, but Mm -hmm. also keep in mind COVID has taken over the world and we're Mm -hmm. cut off from everybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, I want to hold on to this however I can. Yeah. Even if though I can, if I'm trying to objectively step back, I'm like, you know, it seems like she... Yeah. Wants out. Yeah, you can feel her sort of like slipping away. But I don't want, I don't, I, I just don't want it to. To end, of course. Right. Especially like, um, I just, I, even though it's the first, and plenty of friends have told, told me like when they were talking me through it, of like, I mean, I mean, it was just your first. You like, you didn't, don't you want others? And, you know, guys, even though I'm very self reliant and self sufficient, like I, the idea of the being alone being over is just—it's so alluring. Say wait, say that again. The like the prospect of just not being alone anymore is alluring. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. and that's very natural. Right. We are not solitary creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's really, really normal. Right. And especially if you've gone <coughs> so long. And then, mm-hmm. like, it comes along, mm-hmm. you're probably like, oh, this is it. Yeah. I think that's what everyone thinks when right. they have their first love. Like, finally, this is it. This is what I've been waiting mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize it's actually just your first, maybe of many, gigantic learning experiences, Ugh. it's so crushing. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like the highest high is mm-hmm. inverted, right? And then like pulled down even further. It's like so. I mean, I mean, what you know, whatever that song is, they've written a million songs about it. The first cut is the deepest. Like it literally feels like you're dying. Like it's such a horrible pain. I listened to that very song on repeat for a week. <laughs> Baby, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Because what happened was this. So heading into lockdown and quarantine, uh, there was all these trips that we had planned Mm -hmm. that had to get canceled. Mm -hmm. I was actually supposed to fly to where she lives. And then we were, I was supposed to stay over there Mm -hmm. and see her, you know, her life, her life. And then that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Disappointing. And and as you know, COVID persisted, like all all these other things didn't happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we talked less. Mm-hmm. She asked for more space. She like didn't want to. She was like, "Oh, I probably won't respond on weekends," which I want to believe it, it's all in good faith. Mm-hmm. You know that that's what she needs. But then she would just always like, "Oh, I feel smothered." I'm mm-hmm. like, "Okay, so more space." Mm-hmm. Even though it's like we live thousands of miles away from each other. Mm-hmm. This is COVID. Like, like how, how much, much more... more space can you possibly get yeah. or give? Yeah. Totally. All right. Mm-hmm. So tell me what happens. Tell me what happens when it ends. How does it end? It ends in June. 
Uh, the is like the height of the protests. Uh, where, you know, mm-hmm. BLM's out in full strength, and people are like, I mean, like it, as the Comedy Bureau list shows, there was a thing that listed like protests. Yeah. Every day that you could go to, yeah. there were that many protests. Yeah, there were so many. Yeah, and so one of them that I went to on one weekend uh, had. Um, Nicole Byer showed up, who I don't know that we're, we're not like friends, but I do know her and she does kind of know me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just ran to her and said hi. Mm-hmm. And then I went to like some Zoom like informational thing that had Angela Davis on it. Mm-hmm. And Angela Davis talked about the importance of artists in this time and reimagining a better future. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought I sent a rather innocuous after this weekend message, like, hey, it's, I went to this protest and guess who was there? It was Nicole Byer, wasn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I just thought of you when Angela Davis said the importance of artists. Mm-hmm. And she loves Angela Davis. And then I got probably like a 1,500 to 2,000 word text message Dear God. in response it was so long that it, that iMessage prompted, like, it had a little arrow. Oh, yeah. A read more. Read more. Read this fucking novel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it it was, like, it was a, kind of an out-of-body experience. Because I, I felt like I was being accused of, like, crimes. They're, they weren't crimes, but it was just, like, it started off, like, I don't know how to say this, but you need to do better. And then basically was just saying, I mean, this is kind of being reductive about it, but uh, like I'm not being uh, like up to snuff as like a social justice warrior or something. Oh. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I like I'm a Johnny come lately. I'm not really down for the cause. I don't really like support enough black and brown people in comedy. Somebody else just called me out for that. And I I, want to like waste time like sending all the event links of like oh this is like a black led show and this this person is a brown person they're headlining and um, also I would also like to point out Jake is not a white person I'm not <laughs> Jake is Filipino mm-hmm. and um I just think that's really fucking weird and and sorry this this woman that you were dating is mm-hmm. a white person she's white passing she's half white she's half white okay yeah. I but, stand corrected. But that she had a weird relationship with that. She like appreciated the privilege of being white passing and having a very white name. Mm-hmm. But then like would make fun of me for like she would call me white for like not spicing my food correctly. What's really strange. Yeah. Well, okay, so so you're getting this text and it's it's immediately calling you out calling you out for not being good enough. Right. To as an ally <laughs> and just being another like man expecting emotional labor and support out of women and just like i i can't yeah no no more yeah and it was it was a very like just i felt like paralyzed that's devastating yeah that's really devastating and like there i even in i mean it was such a devastating thing to read and it's almost like why the this was all pent up. Why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. I wish you had a conversation. So the outline was, you are not a good enough ally. Uh-huh. You're fake, basically. Yeah. And I never want to talk to you again. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Am I missing any beats? No. I mean, <laughs> if you want, I'll read the whole thing. I don't care. <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> Do you want to hear it? I mean... I think I think let's Probably like, not. let's skip it for now because sure. I, I want to hear more like your thoughts and your feelings about it. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, the thing is, I don't think any of that was true, and I think she was doing something that a lot of people who haven't necessarily healed from their trauma do, where they like project a lot of their anxieties and fears onto other people, mm-hmm. so they don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I think that's all of what she was worried about is like, I don't, she didn't worry, think she was doing enough and that like, you yeah. know. And so um, she put it on you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I am who I am. So I, I did not, I, could you imagine me being like, you know, fuck you. You I, know what? I gave the best like months of my, yeah. Literally can't imagine that at all. No. No. <laughs> No, I. What did you say? I I sent a knee jerk sort of like I'm sorry. I don't know. I essentially like I don't know what I did, but I'll I'll I'm trying to do better. But yeah. I, I'm also like, you know, um, I'll respect your space, but what you know, <laughs> I I can we talk about this or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And then um, you know, I didn't hear from her, mm-hmm. and then like. She uh, started this slow rollback on like sort of social media interactions, where, and I would I would I uh, even then I was so like stuck on like please like can I fix this Yeah, I would check if she had unfollowed me on Instagram like every all the time. And did she? It took a while actually, but, but eventually she eventually did. she did. And I bet that... So she's just, like, withdrawing, 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 withdrawing. And I I bet she thought that was being considerate. Yeah. You know? But it's sort of unclear and, like, confusing. It is. Especially, it's... and Which seems like a theme the entire relationship, which is, like, here's my absolute boundary. Now watch me walk over the boundary that I set Mm -hmm. and do something that is the opposite of that. Right. And then... Your behavior is actually too much for me. Right. You're not respecting this boundary that I immediately didn't respect. And, and I, I think it's a lot of that. I think those mm-hmm. are like, it's really, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? right? But like, that is such a theme mm-hmm. in this story, right. which is someone who is so inconsistent with you. Right. And like, I think this is such like a, this is a a term that I think is thrown around a lot, but I think mm. it really applies here. Like, this is a very love-balmy relationship, right? Yeah, like, I've, heard, I've heard that before. It's really hot and heavy right from the the beginning. Uh-huh. If you're telling someone you love them within 52 hours of meeting them, mm-hmm. I think, I don't, I don't know. I know that your situation is different, but, like, it just seems like the whole thing was so explosive mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, it was. It really, really was. intense. Yeah. Oh, I, I should get to describing the uh, sort of the the uh, eggshells and the basted egg part. Oh, please. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like I. Yeah. Because this is. All right. So this happened. You haven't spoken to this woman in two years, right? No, because she after 10 months of radio silence, because I wrote a beautiful and as my friend Nina describes an Oscar worthy winning letter. Uh huh. 
that I drafted out five times over a month. Wow. Uh, worked on it. She, she called me out of nowhere, and then we had the longest phone call I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. They cleared the air, and then also, like, very bittersweetly, like, it was like we picked up right where we left off and had such a great time. Mm-hmm. And I want to respect that she's on her own journey, but I totally. also... Like, why do you want to throw this away? Totally, yeah. I can see how that'd be so confusing. Oh, well. Um, anyhow, yeah, it was so devastating. I stopped listening to podcasts. I listen to like 30 podcasts a week, and I'm ostensibly probably still on this sabbatical all these years later, but I just <laughs> listen to like sad music. Mm-hmm. And th- at this point in quarantine, you couldn't go into and gather places or you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, wink at some right. people right. who, I'm. you know, maybe you made it to the side of the pandemic, but know that you you did bad. <laughs> um, so, like, one of my favorite things is going dancing. Yeah. So I couldn't go do that. Yeah, so you're losing a lot of the things that make you feel better. Right, right. So really you know my fix head. for that? Because dancing was my cardio. I would just dance in my room for, like, 20 to 30 minutes a I day. I love that, yeah. Yeah, but I would, because it was so sad, I would <laughs> dance to sad music. <laughs> And how do you dance to sad music by yourself? Like cardio dancing. Cardio dancing. Yeah. So I like have Bear. like this sketch comedy version <laughs> idea of what interpretive dance is. Yeah. Which is just like moving very stiffly and looking stupid. Yeah. And, and that's I just what you were doing. and I just did that. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. Okay, so talk to me about like when was the first time you noticed you were like feeling better? Uh I oh god because i imagine Uh there are a lot of people going through a breakup right now um and i actually just talked to my friend Mm -hmm. yesterday and she's going through a breakup that's like very crushing and she was just like any tips on like healing like when does it feel better right and like i i want to talk to you more about this i really think the feeling better part is such a long process and nobody wants to hear that but i think it's important that every step of that is taken and yeah. it's supposed to be slow because that's where the, the growing happens yeah to answer this question i would like to say that there is no set schedule yeah you are grieving yeah that is what what is happening you're grieving a loss and so take your time and you know I hope you have a good friend network around you Mm -hmm. that you can lean on and they'll just understand that you're just going to be a hot mess (laughs) and then you're going to be like, fuck this person, but I I miss them so much. Yeah. And they're just going to like have to read your letter and then tell you like, hey, this is great. Don't send it. And you're going to send it anyway, (laughs) Um, which I think was the right call. But um, (laughs) they disagree. That's okay. Yeah, but no, it's important to have... That because it's just one of those like the only the best way he, through is just going through it. Yes. Like, like there, yeah. there's no shortcut. There's nothing like no cure all. There's nothing that like you're just going to have to go through it and it sucks. And at the time that you're going through it, you wonder like, why does anybody do this to anyone? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point of all of this? I mean, it. it this hurts so much. Yeah. And like, so at the time, you know, I'm a a huge wreck. I think I described it as like, it wasn't so much that uh, like 
my I'm like heartbroken as that as much as like my heart is on the ground bleeding and I'm just looking at it in an <laughs> empty field. <laughs> that's how I felt. And so um yeah, that's that it feels awful and you just have to have faith that you will feel better eventually. So like yeah. what I did I'm I'm a very I'm arguably a workaholic. So I I cannot just like wrap myself in a burrito of like blankets and sheets and yeah. pillows yeah. and just like let the days fade away. Like yeah. that's not me. And that's not to say that if that's you then you're wrong. Like hey, yeah. that's great. That's just not me. So what I did was I just like did a bunch of shit every day. Yeah. Um um like, especially because comedy wasn't happening, there were all these little hobbies that I had, origami, poetry, playing guitar, and, like, I would just do that uh, every day just to get to the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And here's the big thing to note, that none of that made me feel better. <laughs> sure. But in my mind, and this is true, I knew that if I didn't do any of those things, I would feel worse. Yeah. If I was just going to sit there and stew or do the thing, like, I mean, I would just, like, I would just... I would have already showered, but I would go in the shower just to cry. <laughs> just, I think what you're describing, uh, and I want to get back to what you're saying, but when I think about a loss that I'm experiencing and how to feel better from it, um, right. and this is what I told my friend when she was like, do you have any tips on healing? Like, mm-hmm. I always think of this weird, awful period of time as mm-hmm. like, like, I just visualize like dirt. And like there's a hole in the dirt and it hurts and it's really deep and it's really wide. And it's like you look at it and you're like, I have to fill that up. And I know it's going to take so much fucking time. And it does. And so you do little things. You like put, you know, grain by grain, little pieces of dirt back in there, whether it's like poetry, origami, like routine, um, new experiences, new people, like new things, new TV shows, reading books. Like it could be really anything, but it's just like piece by piece. You're putting this dirt back in this hole and it doesn't fill up very fast and it's not supposed to. But then after a while, the hole isn't there anymore and you've got some like really packed dirt. You have like a different foundation that Mm -hmm. you built and it, it it will always work. Like, right. I really, truly think it will always work right. if you just do a little bit every day. Right. So to answer your question yeah. about when I felt better, I mean, you know, hopefully no one has as harrowing of an experience to feel better. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is 2020 still. I'm, like, feeling so miserable just trying to get through every day, um, you know, and I... I always remember this. Like people suggested that you just in general because of COVID, like practice gratitude mm-hmm. and self care. Remind yourself of the things that you do have, mm-hmm. um, and that you still have them, and they haven't been taken away from you. And yeah, you know, I think you. sometimes that can feel really infuriating to hear. Yeah, and it, and, and it was, but it's and, true. and and I would earnestly try, and it just wouldn't make me like, yeah, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat or where I'm going to sleep. I feel yeah. like so miserable. Yeah. And just like, I don't give a shit. Take it all. Like, I feel (laughs) terrible. And then in October of that year, I got appendicitis and I I almost died. I drove my ass to the ER 
on a Saturday morning at 430 mm. Which I later found out you're not supposed to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably shouldn't waste time like getting dressed, which I did do I in mean, immense yeah. pain. I'm sure you had like a hat and a cane. I and made the sure right my shoes. jacket and pants match, Bailey. <laughs> and it was October, so I got my voting guide because I did not know how long I was going to be in the ER. You need some reading materials, of course. Yeah, I got to read on all those props. Um, and so, like, I. It was very surreal. I got admitted within 10 minutes because no one was there because COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, they diagnosed it as appendicitis and I, you know, was out of there. Like they it did surgery and I was out of there by the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But like right as I made the decision to like go to the ER, I felt like I was on a precipice of like, okay, like you could die. Mm. So you could just like lie here and continue to arrive in pain like you've been doing for the last four hours and maybe it'll all end or you can live. Do you mm-hmm. want to live? And I guess my answer was yes. <laughs> to this day, I don't have any more specifics than that. Yeah. Because a lot of life truly sucks and I didn't ask to be here. Sure. But what you're describing is this moment where you were like, your body was like, no, we want to live. Hello. Yeah. Thank you so much. We would like to continue living. Yeah. Inexplicably, we would like to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, sure. <laughs> yeah, but that's actually a really important moment. Yeah. No, I like, once all the surgery was done and I was back home and I could like catch up like consciously with what everything happened, mm-hmm. with the, everything that happened, I was like, oh, I guess I do want to live. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. I didn't I previously that was a huge question mark. Yeah, totally. And uh And you got a really clear answer to that. Yeah. So I, I wanted to live and that that was that was like a turning point. Now did I like feel great? No. There was still work to be done, but then like the routine like actually started to feel like worth something. Yeah. Um and like Oh man, even though I haven't seen her in a long time, um, I, I, <laughs> uh, around this time, I made a friend at one of my favorite Japanese places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came, you know, that was, no one was doing sit down, you were just doing takeout. Mm-hmm. And like, she just does customer service really great because I came in uh, to pick up my order and she was like, How are you? And remember, like, pre-vaccine, like, <laughs> pandemic? It's not great. And so I was like, <laughs> I, like, laughed. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm awful. <laughs> uh, and then we, like, bonded over having suicidal ideation. Quite a bonding agent. Yeah. yeah. So she got me into, like, Buddhist chanting and, like, hiking. Oh, wow. Yeah. And those things were helpful? Those things were helpful. Yeah. And I, I wasn't a car-carrying boost. I still am not. And like, you know, mm-hmm. but the chanting helped. I love that. Okay. So I want to um, I wanna wrap up here. I want to oh. ask you, like, where, what would you say to someone who's like reeling right now? Oh, wait, what did I say to these two people recently? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say that, you know, I know you 
don't believe this, and you'll probably hate hearing this, <laughs> but you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know? And uh, you, it's just going to take a while, you know? And I'm thinking this is like a friend of mine, like, I'll be here for you, you know? Yeah. Happy to, happy to, so like, but it's, it's just going to, it, it's, it's going to be okay, but it's just going to be awful right now. And I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. I think something that's true is that you're exactly right. Mm. It is it is true that you'll be okay. Mm. That is so frustrating. But right. like, I think one thing to look forward to is that on the other side of any like big breakup, I mm. think is a more refined, evolved version of yourself that sure. you never could have been with this person. Right. And um, that... No matter what, like, I really believe that a breakup is a traumatic experience. <laughs> it is. It's very traumatic. And then on the other side of any trauma is this this new, like, you kind of shed your skin and you're this new person that is way better equipped to handle the world mm. and will experience, like, more meaningful conversations and friendships and relationships. Mm. And um, I have never wanted to go back after I've gotten over a breakup. There's mm-hmm. never been a single time that I've gone through a breakup and mm-hmm. been like, I should try to get back with this person or I should try to be the person I used to be. I have never felt that way. Right. I, I would be willing to bet that most people don't feel that way. Right. Um, and like you get to earn this stronger, better version of yourself. Right. And I'm not saying that like, oh, I'm so glad it happened. I'm so glad that trauma... I don't think anyone's ever glad that trauma happened. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. But it is sort of like, I would not trade the person that I am afterwards for anything. Sure. And uh, I hope you feel that way. Like, I definitely see you as someone who is like wizened and more evolved and like, you're a different person. Like, you are a... You were the Jake 2.0, you know right. what I mean? But and I, like, 1.0 was pretty great. 1.0 was wonderful, yeah. but 2.0, I mean, you can't beat it unless it's 3.0, you know what sure. I mean? Like, you're growing, and I think that's so important and right. so good. And, um, and, and it's cool because then you get to have conversations with people who need to hear these conversations. Right. I'd like to make an addendum to that. Okay. So I... I think it was like some point this year, and it's important to note that I don't think anything prompted this, mm-hmm. but it just came around where I woke up one morning and I'm like, yeah, I don't miss her anymore. Fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't miss her anymore. But also, she will always be very special to me. Yeah. And I'll always care about her. I'll always love her. Yeah. But I don't miss her. Yeah. You know? Um, and one of the hard, I think one of the hardest pills I had to swallow is that, I mean, it's almost like a just an act of contradiction. Like, we did love each other. It was real. Yes, I believe that. But the unfortunate fact is that we are, and it wasn't even entirely because of age, but a little bit. We were two different, very different places in our lives mm-hmm. that just wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes that's all that it is. And it's just sad and it's just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah, totally. And maybe there's a time where we'll be in more compatible places, but we're not. Yeah. You know? And that's okay. Yeah. 
It is okay. It is okay. Uh, for the people that need to hear that. I mean, my roommate is just like a walking depressed wet noodle and she found somebody. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, you know, cue all the jokes about like, oh, Dahmer found all those people. Yeah, yeah. I, no, there, there are people out there for you. And yeah. I, I don't even think like... There's someone out there for everyone. I don't even think covers it. I think there are so many people mm-hmm. that you could potentially build a happy yeah. life with. Right. And um, I, yeah, I believe everyone will find that. Right. I, really I don't do. believe in the one. I believe in the ones. I do too. Yeah. I think that too. Yeah. Um, but then when you meet one of the ones, you get to make them the one if you want to. And sure. You know, you make a series of choices, but that's probably a different episode. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right. Jake, thank you so much for being so vulnerable. This is like, <laughs> no, really, like that, this is a really vulnerable story, right. and um, happy to share. I didn't even get into everything. No, I know, I know, I know. I wish we had more time to get into more of it, and I'll probably maybe I'll have you back at some point. But like, I'm impressed I made it through the whole thing without saying her name or where she lived. I know you did good. Yeah. Um, if she's listening. <laughs> And you never know. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why don't you call? It would be nice to hear from you. (laughs) Um, Call Jake if you feel like it. Jake is a a wonderful person. Jake found love from a podcast one time. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I would love to get to know Jake, um, (laughs) that's available to you. Jake, where can people find you? (laughs) People can find me online. Uh, I'm on Instagram at notthesupermarket because my last name is Kroger. (laughs) Uh, those people are bad people and thankfully my name is spelled differently um, <laughs> and then you can find me on Twitter I guess still at MFJ Kroger uh, I run the Comedy Bureau you can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com and at the Comedy Bureau across socials uh, yeah and yeah that's you know I'm out and about in LA at comedy every night of the week <laughs> so you can either find me at a comedy show or you can see a blue and red checkered white motorcycle helmet on a bicycle. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's Jake. That's Jake. That's where you can find Jake. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much again for for telling the story and for hanging out with me. I just think you're the best. Oh, Bailey, feel the same. And thank, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, how do, how do you, I mean, you've heard, I think, more than a few iterations of the story. Yeah. How do you think it is now? Oh, man. I think it's like, I mean, listening to you talk about this, it always like really pulls at my heartstrings. Like it's like, there are moments that I'm just like, I think it's because it's so relatable. It is so relatable to feel like that love slipping away and um, being kind of out of control. And I think you do such a good job of living your life despite mm. it and right. um yeah i it's it's a good story right it really is can i mention one final detail of course so one of the things that somebody suggested to me that did help i wrote letters to this person mm-hmm. in like a notebook that i was never going to send her mm-hmm. and the two days after i finished the book like i reached the end mm-hmm. of the book she called Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's actually really good advice. Yeah, um, I I've done that too during yep. breakups. Write letters that you don't send. Yep, I think that's really really great advice. Okay, Jake, you're wonderful. Thank you again. We'll see you at the comedy <laughs> shows. You will. You will. <laughs> All right.
Sometimes I get high, sometimes I get low. Being young's a bitch, just always getting old. Life is real sweet, I'm learning how to grow. When the living gets hard and the pain kicks in, and you feel too trapped in your own damn skin, take a deep breath, out and a deep breath. Yeah. Welcome to the good low.